but, but what is what what is that representative of? I mean, what has Jesus done here? Here's a hint. He's served them, hasn't he? He's put their needs before himself. He has served them. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, there's a, a pastor I know who, who has this saying. He says, if it's worth advertising, it's worth preaching on. Uh, and I like that. Uh, if we're going to talk about Jobs Expo and serving opportunities, then you know, it's, it's worth taking some time to focus on that. So we're sort of stepping out of the, the series in Psalms that we were meant to begin today to look at this one-time topic of service. Uh, and Jesus really does a good job of, of really ramming home his point here, doesn't he? Do you know what I've done for you now? Do you know? Do you know what's just taken place here in that story? You see, there's times where Jesus does use parables and he uses stories, uh, but there's times when he just illustrates it, like the cross. I don't have to tell you he loves you, he just goes, watch. This is one of those times where he just says, watch, look, I'll do something. Uh, do you understand what I was doing in verse 12, he says? He says, you, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. But by saying that, he's acknowledging the position that he holds in their life, isn't he? Teacher. Now, back in Jesus' day, there was a, a role of, of a rabbi or a teacher. Uh, it was a formal role. It was, a, it was almost a job position that only the elite amongst the, the, the religious students would ever achieve. And if you were a rabbi, a teacher, you had the right to call students. And your, your disciples, your followers would come and they would travel with you as you went about teaching people and... Um, they would serve you and they would look out for your needs. They would worry about where you're going to sleep and what you're going to eat. And they, they would do all that run-around work. And, and, and so the position of rabbi was a very esteemed uh, position. It was one uh, of honour and dignity. It was very well respected. And when you got to a position like that, it comes with certain benefits, doesn't it? I mean, if you've worked hard, if you were the elite, if you've made it, if you were great, uh, according to other people, then you don't have to worry about lowly little tasks, do you? You don't have to worry about um, waiting on others or, or, or waiting in queue. You know, you go to the head of the queue. If, if you go to someone's house for dinner, where do they sit you? If you turn up a wedding banquet, do they, they put you at the back? No, no, they say, come in, come in, oh esteemed guest. You know, come, have the, have the prize prized position here at the front next to me. Um, sit in the best seat with the best view. And here, we're serving you first and you get the best food. And um, Can you imagine going to a wedding where the bride and groom are served last? It just doesn't happen, does it? You know, of course the special guests get everything. And so Jesus here is saying, I, I'm your teacher. Look, as far as you're concerned, I am the top dog and, and you serve me. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's not just, they're not just recognising him as a rabbi, as a teacher. What else do they say? You know, yes, you call me teacher and Lord. There's something more here. That there's, it goes beyond just the honour and respect due to a teacher. They're acknowledging here that, that even saying beyond a prophet, you're not just a prophet. You, there's something odd about you, Jesus. You were just 
out of this world. Like you, you are—they're probably not at the point of saying you are God right now, but you know you are Lord. Like they're putting him on a pedestal. They're saying there's no one greater than you. You are—you are the, the the greatest person we know. Um, you are not just teacher; you are our Lord. And then, as the greatest person that they know, he then goes. And in that context, when they're sitting in a room like that, eating a meal, there is not a more lowly thing he could choose to do. Washing feet. This was a job, I'm not going to go too much into it, you've probably heard countless sermons on it. Um, foot washing was a disgusting job. It was terrible. If, if you had a house and had guests come, sandals, dirt roads, yuck everywhere, you washed your feet before you came in. And so... It was usually the job of the slave to, to do it. If you had a slave in the home, they would do it. You wouldn't dare touch it. And if you had Jewish or non-Jewish slaves, you would always give it to the non-Jewish slave. Like it was even below a Jewish slave's status to do this. Like it was just, it was filthy. It was dirty. It was something, the lowest person. When you make a hierarchy of everybody, the greatest at the top, the lowest at the bottom, the lowest person in that house does it. So unfortunately, that would be you, Lachlan, um, in our house. <laughs> or maybe Will, or maybe the girls. Um, whoever I thought would do a best job for, for one of our guests. Um, I'd give it to you. It certainly wouldn't be me as the husband in the home. No way. Um, so can you see what's happening here? Jesus, the greatest person they've ever known, does the thing only the lowliest person would ever do. This is just... Like, you could see some of their faces, weren't you? They're quite good actors. They're like, um, what do I... <laughs> What do you do? I love Peter. Peter's my favourite character in the Bible. <laughs> He's such an idiot. Uh, <laughs> wash all of me then, Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. But um, uh, yeah, no matter Jesus laughs. He goes, oh yeah, Peter. Um, but it blows their mind. I mean, right here, right there, there is this paradigm shift uh, where Jesus turns greatness on its head, doesn't he? They've got this idea of what greatness looks like. And Jesus just goes, pulls the rug out, just goes, no. Because if I can do it, the greatest person you know is doing something like this, then who are you as my student to do any different? Is the, the student greater than the teacher? Is the messenger greater than the one who sends the message? No. If I do it, then you've got to do it. Turns it up on its head. To be great, according to Jesus, is to do serve. To serve. That, that's incredible. Now, when I think about my home life, think about my family, um, it made me stop and ponder how, how much of my time in my home is spent trying to get out of work. And I mean, that's why you have kids, isn't it? Lachlan makes a great cup of tea now. Will does a great job putting the bins out. Louise does a great job picking up Rafa's, our dog's leftovers. It's, it's great. You know, these are jobs beneath me. I, I, I don't need to do this anymore because the kids can do it and others can do it. And, and it made me sort of realise, I do spend a lot of time thinking, poor me, I work enough, I don't have to do that. And I've, I've almost got this mentality that I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to. I certainly don't approach it thinking, how can I serve? I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do the lowly job. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Now... I think it's fair enough to say I, I do a fair share and I, I do help a fair bit, um, as we all do in, at home. And it's good that I don't hog it all and the others get a chance to do it as well. But make sure you think, how, how often am I thinking, 
I don't have to here, in, in your workplace, in your friends, you know, in all contexts. How often do we have that mindset? Or, or are we trying to work to a point where we are so great, where we're so important, where we've risen above having to do the lowly stuff that we stop thinking we have to? Because, I mean, that's the, what the world does, isn't it? That's what the world does. In Matthew 20, 25, 28, Jesus He's talking again to his disciples and he says, Jesus called them together and said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. The big shots there, the, the famous ones, the celebrities, the politicians, those in power, the managers, the leaders, they lord it over people. They lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, what don't we understand about that verse? Is, is, that, is that difficult to understand, that verse? Jesus says, I don't want you to be like everybody else who thinks just because you're some big shot you don't have to serve. No matter who you are, no matter what position you were in, no matter who you're surrounded by, I want you to be the one who chooses to do the foot washing. I want you to serve. None of you are beyond it. Wherever you are, with whoever you're with. It's not hard to understand, is it? It's just hard to do. Because if you're like me, my natural inclination, my, my innate response is not to to throw myself in, in service to others. You know, I, I, there's times I want to protect myself, there's times I guard myself, there's times I'm too lazy, there's times I couldn't be bothered, there's times I think that's not my responsibility. There's all sorts of excuses and reasons and flood me. I'm not like God. You see, I, I don't think this is hard for God. Do you think it's hard for God to do this? I don't think he actually even has to choose it. I think by the very nature of who God is, he is, what does the Bible call him? He says he's love. Naturally, God will do the best thing for others every time. He'll put himself out. He will sacrifice himself. He'll pay the price. And, and, and while I think that, that God could choose not to, I, I think it's just his natural response to do it. That that's who he is by his very nature. But that's not me. I've got to work at it. I get it right sometimes. I don't at other times. That's why I want to talk about a second thing. Although service is what it means to be great in the kingdom, and, and God says to, to each of us, you are to serve, we could take that as a command, couldn't we? We could. And that, that could be quite harsh. Like God's here saying, I've done so much for you, therefore get out and, and do good. Get out and serve others. And that's a, a harsh load to bear. That's a, oh, more work. But that's not what... Jesus says, is it? If we look back to the story of the foot washing, it says, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you were right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. You know, and that was the end. You'd be like, oh, gee, that's a bit harsh, Jesus, isn't it? Like, what if I want to? Yeah, okay, I've got to do it. And so you dutifully and responsibly go off and do it. Verse 15, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. 
I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. And I really think that that last bit's important, isn't it? Because not just go do it because I told you to do it. It's go do this because this will bless you. This is the right thing to do. This is what it means to be fully alive and fully human. This is how you're going to transform the world and you're going to be transformed. I mean, go, go do it because God will bless you for doing it. And that's why I've called it the blessing of service. You're blessed when we serve. Now, take 30 seconds to think and answer this question. How would serving others bless me? Did you get an answer? I hope lots of things came to mind. It teaches me to put others first. It teaches me to not think of myself. I'm less selfish when I'm doing this. It helps me to identify with others. It helps me to, to put myself in their shoes. Um, it blesses others. I'm looked upon as a nice person. Um, people like having me around. <laughs> I'm accepted wherever I go. I'm helpful. I'm useful. Um, I'm not self-absorbed. Um, I'm actually imitating and passing on the love of God. I'm actually relying on God and trusting in him for, for strength to do this because there's sometimes I'm asked to serve me. It's really hard and I don't think I can do that. So I'm going to need your help here, God. And so I'm going to have to rely on his strength. Uh, there's a whole heap of reasons, isn't there, why we would serve and how it would bless us. But to think about this, I'd like us to, to think about a car. Now, who owns a car? At 8.45, there's only three people who owned a car. It's amazing, wasn't it? You know, I'm glad there's a lot more here, you know, a lot more hands. Um, that's good. We're all there. Now, who has never serviced their car? Now, now oh, again, you literal people out there. Um, I had some people at 8.45 who put their hand up. And I said, no, no, no. I don't mean you physically opened the bonnet up and changed the oil filter. Like, you know, you, have you paid for your car? Have you organised for your car? You know, has any of you ever driven a car for 20 years and never serviced it? The answer in short is no. Uh, because if you don't service a car, it won't run, will it? And there's lots of things a car needs, isn't there? When you think about a car, it's a complex machine. What does a car need to run well? It needs lots of different things, doesn't it? It needs fuel. It needs new tyres. It needs new brakes. It needs a wash every now and... Well, maybe you can get away without a wash, but, you know, it's nice to wash it and not ever turn smelly and vacuum it once in a while. Um, you've got to clean it. You've got to um, check the fluids. You've got to replace the oil. You've got to service the engine. Uh, check the coolants. There's lots of things you've got to do to make a car work well. And I want to suggest that, that a human is exactly the same. We are complex machines. There's lots going on. There's physical, emotional, spiritual, relational elements to us. And there's lots of different things. And now I'm going to... You don't serve as a human, but I'm going to call them disciplines. There's lots of different things we have to be disciplined in to make sure we're doing for a life to work well. And when you stop doing those good things, it gets... So I'll give you an example. Forgiveness. Okay, the Bible will, will speak about it's important that we forgive others. Why is that important? Because if you don't forgive, if you're an unforgiving person, your relationships are really going to go sour, aren't they? 
You're going to hold grudges, you're going to become bitter, you're going to reject people and refuse to be around them, you're going to be someone who... You need to forgive, you need to give them grace, you need to, you know, for your life to go well. There's a number of disciplines that the Bible talk about, reading your Bible, praying, um, and one of those is serving, serving. That, that it is good for us to serve, that it's important that we serve. And if we don't serve, you know, you might read your Bible, you might pray as a Christian. And I don't know about you, but when I first became a Christian, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I um, had heard nothing of what the gospel was or of what Jesus had done. But as a teenager, came to hear it for the first time, just went, that's for me. Um, Jumped in, not knowing what I was jumping into, um, but, but learnt as I went on. But it was really jumped home. If you're going to be Christian, you've got to do the spiritual disciplines. And what were those spiritual disciplines? Read your Bible and pray. Yeah, they, they were the two. Did any, was anyone told extra? I wasn't told serve as well at that same time. I was just told, read your Bible, pray, turn up to church. Maybe attend a Bible study. Um, you do those things and, and, and you'll be all right. But I want to suggest if you leave service out, it will cause problems. I'll give you a few examples. COVID. COVID hits, okay? Now, a number of you have, have served well in, in this community context of a Sunday. Now, now, we just had almost 12 months off where, where you didn't have to serve. I had 12 months off where I, I couldn't come and shake hands and say hello and serve tea and coffee and get a chair for somebody and even though those little things where, where you can, can look someone in the eye and, and, and serve them in little ways and you're 12 months off did anyone feel different after it? did it impact anybody? did you all go, phew, thank goodness you know? or did you start to feel lazy? did you start to feel useless? did you start to feel disconnected? did you start like that? It has an impact, doesn't it, when we, we, we can't do what we have been doing. I've heard that story lots. I'll give me another example. The amount of Christians, and, and this is for all you middle ages, okay? Middle age, maybe later age. Um, if, if your Christian experience has only been turn up at church, read your Bible and pray, there will come a point where you will get bored silly of Christianity, you will get bored, silly of it. And you'll start coming to me, you'll start coming to others and going, I don't know why I go to church, I don't get anything out of it. Why? Because you're not learning anything new. You've read it all, you've got to that point in stage where you pretty much know the Bible, you know what I'm going to say, I'm going to stand up here and the preacher's going to share with you and, oh, that verse, yeah, okay, I know what that, that's getting at, I know where he's going. Um, you'll get bored of reading the Bible. Uh, that won't be enough to sustain Prayer, yeah, well, you know, I've gotten a bit of routine and yeah, me and God, we're all right. But, but if you're not putting it into practice, if you're not serving, if you're not going out and actually loving people and sacrificing and laying down your life and, uh, for the sake of others, if, if you're not putting it into practice, there's a big part missing. And the Christian experience can be simply a head thing that, that remains very dry if you're not actively engaged in serving. Does that make sense? Do I need to go over that again? Happy to. Makes sense, doesn't it? 
I mean, there's lots of things we need to be doing as Christians. Lots of different disciplines to, to keep us healthy and functioning. Service is one of those. Uh, and here Jesus says it, it's blessed to be served. So he could say, do it because it's good for you, like a diet. <sighs> Who enjoys a diet? But you reap the benefits of it, don't you? Service. Do it, but, but it'll bless you. It should be hard. Now, we're all at different levels of serving, aren't we? Some, some of you are, oh, my goodness, you, you couldn't volunteer for anything more if you, if you tried. Like, <laughs> just, you have your finger in everything. Um, you're you're in, in church, out there in the community, with your kids' school. If, if, wherever it is you are, you're, you're out there engaged, involved. Um, for some of us, for all sorts of reasons, health reasons, stage of life, um, just moved, we're not established yet, whatever it might be, you might not be as committed to service. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. I think there's always a, a challenge in this. Because I think one of the great benefits and one of the blessings of service is that it does change us. It transforms us. As, as you serve and give up yourself and your time and your energy, we're transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ, who, even though he was God, didn't think it was something that he was in could claim was, was the honour and the, the duty of it. He, instead, he takes the role of a servant, doesn't he, in life. He comes and serves us. And I think that's why I'll call it a discipline. I think it is something we have to work out. I'm not God. It doesn't come naturally to me. And as I think about my context, I've got to ask the question, do, do I take that attitude of a servant into that space? So in my family, am I there to serve everyone there or am I expecting to be served? Um, that could be if you're a parent, it can be if you're a child. Am I here? Do I expect my parents to serve me? Or am I going to serve them? In work, my neighbours, my friends? I'm sure you you have an answer in your head. Or at least maybe now you're thinking, I know what I want to do now, at least. I know I want to serve. But it's hard and it, it takes time to change an attitude, doesn't it? To change old habits. And so I want to pray for us now. So I'm going to ask you to, to, to get... Where, is, there, is there that one area in your life where you, you want to change in this? Is there one relationship, perhaps with a particular person, is, is there a context? Is it the home? Is it work? Is it, is it a hobby group? Is it a neighbourhood? Where, where do you want to, to really go, you know what, Lord, help me to, to be a better servant there. Help me to have the same attitude that you had. Is there that? And if, you know, if, if you're thinking, yeah, that's, I already have that attitude, then I'm going to pray God will bless your service. God will bless it. So keep, that, keep it an area in your mind. Let's pray. Father God, we want to pray uh, and thank you for, for this story of Jesus' life. It's not the only story where we see him serving. Uh, and we're so grateful that, that he did come to serve. We're so grateful that that's who you are, that, that you are a God who, who loves us and serves us. And we want to become like you. We want to to be sanctified and purified. We want to become holy just as you are holy and have the same heart and mind attitude that, that you have. And so I'd ask, Lord, that you would help us to take 
to heart, that Holy Spirit, you would, would work in us now to transform us, that we might have the attitude of Jesus that he's speaking of here to his disciples. That as ones who follow you, we would seek to serve. In that relationship, in, in, in that home, in that workplace, in that wherever it is we're thinking now, whoever that person is, we're, we're wanting to serve better. Give us a heart for them, Lord. We know your, your service for others comes out of your love for them. So I really guess I'm praying you'd help, help us to love the people around us. Love them so much we would put them first. Help us also to be disciplined, Lord, in, in, in disciplining ourselves to serve. Help us to make commitments. Help us to lock ourselves in. Help us to, to be regular in, in putting ourselves out and, and in, in helping others. In the one-offs. But, you know, if it's signing up to a roster, if it's signing up to, to some commitment, then help us to do that, Lord. I pray that 2021, this year, we would see that, that blessing that you promise, that we would be blessed for serving, that we would be blessed for it. Help us to see that. Help us to just get a glimpse of what that might be. We ask this, each and every one of us, we ask it now because we want to live the life you want for us. We want to, to bless others just as you bless them. So be at work in us, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.